Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whitehouse. It is my mission to show every person their true economic potential. Not just the money you can make, but your own ability to control your economic destiny and live the life you were meant for. I answer your questions and bring on guest hosts to share inspiring stories, teach valuable lessons, and offer a strategy or two. In the next half hour or so, I hope that you might learn something that could change your life. You are meant to live a good life, and I want to help you get there. If you've never used a CRM before, you might assume there are certain things in there. For those of you who don't know, CRM stands for Customer Response Management, or actually a number of different other things. But they basically mean software that keeps track of your customer and prospect information. So you can follow up with them when you need to at the right time. So if you never use a CRM, you'd probably assume that it would be able to look at your emails and pull the data from them. Most people have their contact info in their signature. So of course, this software could pull that information, right? And most people have their information on their LinkedIn page, their website, their Facebook. So the CRM probably pulls it from there, right? Yeah, not so much. You'd assume that, especially the more expensive software, but it doesn't. And why it doesn't? That's an interesting question. However, it was very interesting speaking to uh, Jeroen Korthout, who's the CEO and co-founder of Salesflare, software that does do that, software that recognizes that time is the salesman's most valuable asset, and the reason most salesmen don't use their CRMs is because the CRMs aren't worth the time. Especially in low-ticket sales, where you have to make lots of calls to sell smaller deals, time is absolutely money. If you're wasting 10, 20, 30 seconds per call, this could mean that instead of making 30 dials an hour, you're making 20 or even 15 dials an hour, and that can throw off the whole math all the math that makes you successful or not. So Salesflare is really built for humans, built for salespeople the way they work because Yarun used to be a salesperson and said, hey, this software doesn't do what I want it to do. I want software that does what I want it to do. So it's a really interesting conversation with uh, Yarun, who is the founder of Salesflare. And I, uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of it, learn a lot about the CRM world and a bit about starting a business. So enjoy this interview with Yarun Kortout. So I'm here today with Jeroen Korthout with Salesflare. Uh, Jeroen, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Very excited to have you on the show because uh, I know you've got a great story about how you got Salesflare going and what Salesflare does. We we're talking before the show started about some of the things it does that make it different different from the uh, many others. Actually, I, I jokingly said, how is it different from the 600 other CRMs? And you said, oh, there's way more than that. So um, <laughs> let's start with, with what is Salesflare and how is it different from the... 635 other CRMs out on the market. Yeah. Um, in very short, um, previous to Salesflare, I personally worked in a marketing consultancy uh, and they use Salesforce internally. So the, the, the biggest CRM out there that despite all the 635 CRMs uh, <laughs> ha- still has 20% of the market or something. Um Salesforce was my very first CRM, so I, I took it very seriously. Like people told me that it would really help me organize my sales, uh, so I really tried using it for that. But I just didn't manage it. Was, it didn't seem like uh, like like the marketing uh, message was it's built for that. But when I tried it, it it seemed so different from things I was using myself. Like for instance, mm-hmm. in a, if I had to put in a task. It was an enormous amount of work. It was slow. It would only remind me within Salesforce while I was using Wunderlist as a task system. 
Uh, and that was a, an amazing mobile app, uh, very visual. Uh, I could scratch off stuff. I got not notifications on my phone. Nothing of that in Salesforce. So I, I really tried, didn't manage inputting anything else. It was a lot of work. It ended up being for us as a sales team, um, like a, as a it was a it was a more of a reporting tool than anything else. Um, our CEO was really happy with it because he could see um, where we were selling and what we were selling, but there wasn't much more information in there, and it didn't really help us sell. So I didn't do anything with that insight for a few years until I was working with my co-founder on another software company, and we went to a big conference in Vegas. It was a big IBM conference and we were selling compatible software. And we had a ton of leads to follow up from there. Um, we had had a, a very uh, successful booth. And I knew that Salesforce wasn't going to help us with uh, closing these, these, these leads, uh, in, like, like closing the deals. Um, so we had a good look around. We tested different CRMs. And we noticed that it wasn't just Salesforce uh, that was hard to work with. Many other CRMs we tried were much nicer to work with, simpler, much more um, uh, focused on helping to follow up your sales leads. But still, these systems always failed on us. And that's not because it, they weren't nice pieces of software or something. It was because they were expecting somehow that we would have this amazing amount of discipline and uh, we would be like almost robots, perfectly inputting all the data we had into the CRM. And then as a reward, we would be able to uh, follow up our leads uh, well. Computer software made for computers. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, okay, this, these expectations are nice, but we are not going to be able to fulfill them. And then actually... We started thinking about this and we figured that most of sales nowadays is digital anyway. And that actually what we're doing is like we're, we're going into one piece of software, like, like our inbox. We sent an email and then we go back to the CRM and say, we sent an email. And, and then we, we discovered that there's someone new and then go into CRM and, and create that contact. And then we call and then afterwards we go into CRM and we, we, we create the call. And all these things is always like, as if you're working in two different worlds, but they're both digital. So we figured, what if we build a system that actually keeps track of all these things you're doing in other systems automatically, and that makes sure that based on that, you can then much better follow up your, your sales. So we pull uh, things in from your inbox, like uh, who you're in touch with, uh, their names, their emails, but even all the information in their email signatures and all that. So you don't need to start copying that into your CRM, that doesn't make sense. Uh, these contacts are, are automatically created, so you don't need to think about every time you meet someone to, to add them in the CRM. Um, of course, there's a way in which the, the contacts are um, separated, the, the automatic ones from the ones you really want to use. But um, That's something you can see when you try the software. Uh, Anything that is in your calendar gets pulled in, so you don't need to log meetings. Uh, if you have an Android phone, it, it logs the full call history. Other systems can be linked up as well. Uh, it pulls in stuff from social media, from company databases. There's email tracking built in, web tracking. So basically everything gets tracked and filled out for you. And then based on that, you can, um, you can follow up leads much better. Um, really like 
thinking from the from the perspective that automated data input is the norm and um, manual data input is is sort of secondary a lot of crms i must say within the time that we um, exist have started building in more and more um, automated things like pulling in much more information and and things like that but i think we're still the only crm that um that is like standard built for this 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 automated data um, that really flows in a way that it makes it very simple to to to, to keep track of everything. Um, so that sets us apart from these six hundred thirty five others. Um, <laughs> we're we're rated number four easiest to use on G two and number one most implementable. Uh, and that's that's not just because of easy views. That's partly also because of like how easy it is to to keep it up to date i would say yeah well i i think that's that's honestly that's why i don't use the crm uh i use kartra for my emails and whatnot but yeah every crm i've looked at it's so cumbersome that it's not i realize the time lost isn't worth the uh, couple of prospects that i might might hold on to because of that and it it always it sounds like like salesflare does what you expect every crm to do uh that of course it should be gathering all that data and accumulating automatically. Like why, why am I having to copy and paste from one screen into another? So um, it sounds like you found the, saw the blindingly obvious and, and got into that. And so, so why is it, uh, I, I imagine it's probably uh, either a culture thing or when you came on, when you started doing it or whatnot, that it sounds like the sort of thing where the other CRMs like Salesforce, this is how they've always done it. And so of course they stay that way. Whereas you came to it fresh and said, Hey, what if we did this better? Can we do it better? Because better seems better. Is yeah. What, what was the process that made that made that happen? Uh, the, the process. I just uh, honestly that that idea just popped into our minds. Uh, we were we were uh, looking at this issue. We also saw that uh, on the marketing side of things, like so many things are automated, and that it's on the sales side of things that um, automation was way behind, and that's. Mostly because the the data collection was not automated, and then we started thinking like, how could we make that happen? Because salespeople are, were so behind when it came to software, uh, and and making their work easier. And then we, we did a lot of customer interviews, and I must say, uh, when when I did those in two thousand fourteen, um, I would do interviews about like. How do you sell? Who do you sell to? How does it all work? Uh, what software do you use? What are the issues with this software? And then I w- when I would ask about uh, salespeople not using the CRM, everyone was having that issue. Uh, but then when I would say like, uh, so maybe uh, improving the software there could work, uh, people would say stuff like, yeah, no, I mean, the software, changing the software, that's, that's that's really not going to do it. It's just that salespeople are lazy and <laughs> that's really the issue. And also you need to train them well. And, uh, you know, if if they don't fill out the CRM, that's that's just bad and you need to take away their bonus. And, and that's what usually solves it for us. And then I was like, okay, but what if we could solve the software? No, no. We don't believe that's possible. You know, I would get this kind of answers. Um, and and when we first started synchronizing emails into the CRM, 
people would say like, no, no, that's a bad idea. You, you should only have the important emails in the CRM. And I was like, why not? You don't want to see the whole timeline. Uh, but that was also because no other CRMs were doing it. And, and all these other CRMs had been selling the idea um, that that was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Basically, yep. they were saying, yep. no, only put the important ones. That's, that's how you do it. You, you want to keep it clean. That's just because the, the possibility wasn't there. So. Yeah, I think there's also a cultural thing, too, in terms of how business works. That with, If you can automate marketing, you can eliminate staff. So you don't mm-hmm. need that assistant to send out the emails because the computer sends out the emails. Well, you can't automate away salespeople. So since you've got to have them, you've got to pay them, you certainly don't want to pay more to give them technology. And I found that in my, in my sales jobs that very often the technology we had was was ridiculously poor. And 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 their assumption was just like, well, just go make more phone calls. And I'm like, cool, it, yeah. but this could be automated with a computer. And they're like, nah, that costs money. Go make more phone calls. You can just <laughs> go, go, go grind it out. I, I, I do believe that the sales job to an extent can be automated. Not everything, obviously. Uh, it's just like you, you cannot automate marketing people away and you cannot automate accountants away or mm-hmm. uh, there's always a part that, that remains, but it's the essential part that remains. It's the human part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for instance, in sales, like if you, if, if you would automate everything, the only thing that probably remains is... Uh, salespeople having uh, conversations with uh, clients and yep. really trying to understand like what is the client's um, issue here? What's the context? How would they like it solved? And then look for solutions together. I believe that's the last thing that's going to be automated. The first thing that gets automated is things like um, the data input. Uh, mm-hmm. It's things like uh, an automated email here and there. It's it's meeting scheduling. It's uh, tracking whether somebody uh, paid uh, your proposal or whatever. I mean, this kind of things that which software can can very obviously automate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, and speaking of things we can't automate, uh, I'm going to take a quick break and talk about some of the things that we've got going on, and then we'll be right back with Jeroen Korthout from Salesflare. You've been hearing me talk a lot about Conference 21, our event coming up in February 20th and 21st of 2021. It also has two bonus networking events on January 6th, January 29th, and February 19th. We have over 32 speakers lined up with all kinds of great topics to discuss. And it doesn't matter if you're a big business owner or if you're a solopreneur making 20, 30, $40,000 a year just taking care of yourself building your own business, Conference 21 has something for you. But what I'm really excited about is the sponsors we have lined up. We now have three sponsors, including Salesflare. So the great business you're learning about right now in this interview is one of our sponsors, as well as Kartra. And our event sponsor is Amspirit Business Connections. We're very excited about the support we're getting from the business community. And uh, speakers are still signing up. We're closing uh, closing speaker applications imminently, but we still have a couple more signing up, so the program's getting bigger and better every passing minute. Visit www.conference21.com. Tickets are only $21 and include all three networking events as long as you sign up before the networking events on uh, first one's January 6th, conference21.com. Definitely get your tickets now. It's going to be an amazing event. Do not miss it. Now back to the interview with Yarun. So we're back with Yarun Karthout with 
sales flair. We've been talking about CRMs and the human element of them and uh, some of the really exciting things it sounds like Salesflare is doing with uh, automating the right parts in the right way of the sales sales process. Um, as, as thinking back to when I was when I was in sales, um, when I was with uh, Best Version Media uh, doing sales, I actually used an index cards in a box because yeah. it was, and it was, you know, a tickler system like used before computers because it just mm-hmm. wasn't worth it to sit there and type in all this data and then have a piece of software that would take 10 seconds to get from one screen to the next screen because I was calling a lot of people. And when mm-hmm. you're calling a lot of people, 10 seconds per per call, that adds up real quick. Suddenly you're making 10% less calls. Um, so I never used it because they were so cumbersome and didn't do that much more for me because uh, they didn't get the data. Now, now does, does Salesforce actually go out and like find their LinkedIn profile and pull data from there and pull it from other other sources as well? Um, yeah, no, not directly, but it does that. Yeah. So okay. uh, we, we talked to a database, which, which, uh, company that has already done that. Uh, and uh, based on the email address, we asked them like, is there any social information for that person? If there is available, they'll give us all the social profiles, any information that is scraped from these profiles, like pictures and former positions and whatever, uh, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Very nice. Yep. So, so when you bring them up, that's all right there in one one command center screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all, it's all there on screen. Yeah. Now, so, so obviously this, this works well with the kind of, you know, bigger ticket sales where you're really, you know, you're researching a prospect and calling them up. Um, how does this work for, for the kind of like smaller ticket sales where you need to make 50, 60, 70 calls a day? Uh, it's actually even more useful, I would say for the smaller ticket sales. Um, because in that case, you really have a significant pipeline to follow up mm-hmm. and people, uh, usually start off with a sheet, but they, um, they, yeah, they find out pretty quickly that a sheet is very cumbersome and a sheet does not integrate communication. It's, it's mm-hmm. a bit like, like index cards. Uh, yep. uh, it's, it's, it's more like a database, whereas what what you'll see when you look at the evolution of CRMs is that what becomes more and more central is actually the communication timeline. Because in the mm-hmm. end, in sales, um, you are communicating with people and what you're saying between each other is actually the primary and secondary is uh, what's their phone number, for instance. And right, that, right. That's handy when you want to call them. <laughs> But that's not the the primary information. The primary information is what you're discussing, um, and that's very hard to keep in a sheet. Like uh, I, I got a an, an Excel from a, from a customer today. Um, I was helping him. I don't do that all the time, but uh, <laughs> helping him with uh, importing a, um, an Excel that he had been using up till now. And then there's just one column that says like, uh, what does it say here? Have it open. Uh, action points or something action and that just says sent an email and the date that's the worst way of tracking what's going on in, uh, in terms of communication mm-hmm. but that's how everybody starts uh, when you work in a sheet if you want to upgrade that then um, then a, a CRM is, is, is a good choice and you Definitely. just import your sheet yeah with the index cards I did I, I had all the, the history on there um, mm-hmm. the big issue is if they called me back so I'd have it in to call them in in two weeks, 
and there they yeah. pop up. But then, but then they'd throw me off. They'd call me back four days later. And I'm like, I don't know where their card is. I don't have their notes. And I'm trying to, while they're calling me saying, hey, what's this about? What are you calling about? I'm trying to find their card. I'm flipping through cards. I'm like, well, John, thanks for calling me back. Flip, 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 flip. And then I'm trying to wing it and be like, hey, who's this guy? Where's he from? What's going on? So, yeah, if I had something in front of me where I could put his name in and boom, up would come everything in a social media. That would have been, you know, yeah. You know, where, where were you three years ago? <laughs> that's what I needed to learn about this. Um, you were using yeah. index cards three, three years ago or? Yeah. 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 From, um, yeah, for the whole time I, I tried a CRM, it, it didn't make any sense. Uh, okay. I never did the spreadsheet cause that, yeah, the exact problem you say, there's no place to take notes. There's no way to follow up and you don't know how mm -hmm. many times you talk to somebody or, um, oh, it's hard to no way to sort them. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was using the, and most people today don't know what a tickler file is or how to use it. Um, but it's basically a manual CRM where mm -hmm. you you use a file that has uh, all the days of the days of the month and all the months of the year. And then you just put the card in, you know, if it says call back in a week, then I put it in on the, in the, you know, December 8th yeah. spot there. And then come December 8th, I pull out all the cards and I could give them a call. But <laughs> yeah, there's so much that couldn't do. And it didn't make sense to look, look them up online. Cause that was time. I could be sending, making more calls. And um, yeah. And it's, yeah. And what you're saying sounds, sounds like great in terms of just having all the information in front of you. Um, now, so when you, so I assume you can put like, call, call them back in eight days or call them back whenever. Uh, and does, does Salesforce generate a call list for you or how's that, how's that work? So there, there's, there's, uh, it, it's not just calling. I mean, it's emailing, calling and everything together. So, uh, mm -hmm. Salesflare, first of all, um, you can obviously make your own tasks. Like you can say, yep. I want to call them then. But additionally, Salesflare also keeps track of when the last interaction with a customer was. And per stage in the pipeline, you can indicate how often you want to be in touch with them. Okay. Uh, and then when, when, when you're not in touch with them uh, after that amount of days, then Salesflare will create a suggested task for you. Um, and, and that will say like, okay, this account has been inactive for whatever, 14 days uh, and you want to follow up. And then with one click, you can go there and do either you send an email or you call or whatever. That's up to you. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't even have to put like call back in eight days on every one of them. I'd just say had a phone call, left a voicemail onto the next one. You, yeah, you can work off the suggested task if you like. Yeah, that's possible. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Which again, makes sense. Cause I was. Uh, it was very, very routinized, very proceduralized. You know, I, I called back everyone eight days later if they didn't get in touch with them. Yeah. And so I had to write down, like I'd do the math out. And of course, you know, on any given day, I was pretty clear of what eight days from then was because I wrote it down 50 times. Um, but yeah, it'd be yeah, great yeah. to just be able to put in like got voicemail next and not mm -hmm. put down notes. So that sounds like a phenomenal thing. And, and it's funny, all these things you're talking about just, just sound like, of course, a CRM should do that. And then, of course, they don't, which explains why. Um, that, and, and I imagine some of the issue might be that CRMs are largely purchased by either purchasing departments or sales managers and not actually by the salespeople who are using them. Is that that's, generally how the industry works? That's uh, generally in, in larger companies how it works. Mm -hmm. we, we sell to small and medium-sized companies. In the medium-sized ones, it happens, uh, but much less. They, they usually then don't end up with us, so... So, mm -hmm. uh, because then they, they go for something big, uh, yep. like a Salesforce or so like, I heard at Salesforce, nobody ever got fired for buying Salesforce, whatever. And that's then, true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So keep it, keep it safe. But, um, yeah, I, I find that in a lot of places, um, you know, I'm, I'm dealing a lot with school software lately. Cause of course, um, 
my the school is doing distance learning now, and I look at some of the software the schools buy, and it is markedly inferior to the software we can get fairly cheaply on the internet, you know, on the private market. Yeah. Because if it's made for the parents to buy or for even the kids to buy, then it's got to be better than if it's being made for some purchasing agent, because then they're like, hey, we got a great deal. It's seven cents per student. They're like, awesome, but it's terrible software. Yeah, but yeah. it's a great deal, it's or good. or it's very well respected. It gets these, you know, it's, it's well reviewed. And again, yeah, as you said, you know, no one gets fired for buying Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Um, it it stays safe. So so I, do you run into that same challenge that that the the people doing the purchasing and are not using the software, so they don't really understand the the pain points that salespeople have? Uh, yeah, not, like I said, not so much in our case because we do small and medium sized companies. Okay, and, and, I just and, avoid that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. Uh, if 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 a company is too big, um, and they want to basically build their own software, then they end up with enterprise CRMs, and that's not our space. Then then mm-hmm. you basically build software that is more like building blocks than it is a practical system that you get out of the box. Um, and then you need to hire consultants and all that. Uh, and then you have something like Salesforce or Dynamics or SAP or so. Um, we, we play in a space where people actually look for something practical that will help mm-hmm. them, um, sell more. Um, and if that's not the case, then it's not really a good lead for us. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and of course, yeah, the, as I said, you know, when I was in sales, I was frustrated with the, whatever software they gave us, um, because it wasn't necessarily designed for, uh, or, or sometimes, you know, I'd have the opportunity to speak to like the rep from the company, um, I can't remember the software we used when I sold cars. There was something we used that was okay, but not great. Um, mm-hmm. And clearly was written by programmers. Like someone specced out what, what selling a car was like. But obviously these programmers had never sold a car, mm-hmm. which is funny because it was customized software for car salespeople. But they'd obviously never sold a car. So there were certain things that just didn't make sense once you were in the dealership working on it because it didn't have that, didn't have that feel to it. Um, and, and you said... So your background is sales. Your your co-founder was also a salesperson. No, my my co-founder is a, is a developer. Okay. Um, so that that really helps. Like like yep. I my background is in sales and marketing. Uh, he's he's very good at thinking up. Uh, he used to do business intelligence software, so a lot with uh-huh. data and stuff. Uh, so that's that's sort of where our skills came together. He's he's pretty good with sales as well i would say and i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'm relatively technical as well i actually studied engineering before i got into marketing and sales okay uh, so there's some overlap but we definitely um complement each other absolutely yeah yes yeah, so you got the but you, you have an actual salesperson who's been in the field doing selling seeing these things working and not and then the person knows how to get under the hood and build the yeah. machinery exactly. um yep and and also and you know looking at the from looking at the website it doesn't i some of the some of the CRMs I've used, you can kind of uh, see the machinery because uh, I have some technical background, so I can I, I know how databases work and SQL and whatnot. And there's some places where I'm like, oh, I know how they did this because this is the easy way to do it if you're not mm-hmm. a human. Um, and like uh, your your SQL is showing, you know, things like that. Uh, whereas it looks yours looks like yours is built for humans, and so you hide all the machinery and make it smooth and and easy to operate for humans, which. Seems pretty cool because I imagine that most of your customers are in fact humans. <laughs> All of them actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Indeed. We. Uh, um, 
we do a lot of complex stuff in the background to make sure it all works. And then we try to make that look as simple as possible in the front, uh, which it, very initially when we started was a challenge for us. We sometimes like we would we would not know how to do it or we would um, build it in such a way that was almost magical. Like, like it, we would be like, yeah, this is the most efficient way to do it. And then, and then people would, would be like, um, but I don't get it. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and, but we, we did away with all that. Uh, it's really about as much automation as possible nowadays, uh, mm-hmm. but in the, the, the simplest way possible. Because people need to get, like, like get on the software and be able to use it right away almost. Yep. Uh, and that's the case for some people. Some other people watch some videos and get started. Um, but uh, at least our ambition is that that there's no training needed. Yeah, and, and that's hugely important in sales too, where time is literally money, um, especially small ticket sales, where where yeah, there's, there's any extra time spent with the CRM like that is really costing, mm-hmm. cost you a lot, um, and a cheap CRM can be really expensive. Although your your CRM is is quite inexpensive as well. So there's uh, a there's a whole lot of competition in the CRM space, and people have mm-hmm. uh, gotten used to very very low prices. Yeah. Uh, so it's that's uh, a bit of the challenge. Like we are in a in a in a very competitive space where we have to to build a lot, lot of functionality for a low price, whereas some other software might might do only one tenth of what what our software does and uh, and ask the same price uh, mm. in some other spaces. Yep. Yeah, that's challenging in the market there. Um, so we were coming, speaking of time being money, we're coming to the end of our time. Uh, but if you have any other last comments or thoughts, uh, and also, you know, how can people find Salesflare? Uh, people can find Salesflare just on uh, our website, which is at salesflare.com. And Flare is F-L-A-R-E. Um, you can find out all about software on the website, but you can also try the software. I think there's a button at the top right that says something I like, tried for free. Uh, if you just connect your emails, you're in, you can see everything at the trial is anywhere between, um, seven and 30 days, depending on how well you set it up. We give you extra days when you set up the software, um, so that, uh, it's, is set up as well as possible because we've seen that people who, who get it set up in the best way, get the most value and stay the longest and are the most successful at sales. Oh, neat idea. Yeah. And um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, don't forget to add a note. Otherwise, I have no way of distinguishing you from uh, all the spam I get every day. Um, <laughs> yep. But if you add a note and you say that, that, that you came from this podcast, then I'll certainly accept and we can have a chat. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I love the concept of, of almost kind of gamifying the, the trial. Because um, I, I certainly had trials where I signed up and... Or I didn't sign up for the trial because I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with importing everything. Or I did sign up and then looked at it and said, there's nothing here. I, I don't have time to make this happen. So that idea of like your trial gets longer as you put in more. Because the same thing will happen if I have a seven-day trial. I'll get to day six and be like, oh, I only got one day left. I don't have time to learn it. Forget it. It's gone. Yeah. Whereas you get to day six, but oh, oh if, I, if I put my email in, I'll get three more days. Great. That gives me more time. So that's really yeah, we, we used to offer uh, a trial of 14 days with a possibility to extend at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, like indeed, people get in a situation like, oh, my trial has, has expired. And then we, we automatically give you a possibility of extending. Uh, mm-hmm. Now with the, with the setup guide, 
we we already see uh, we've done an analysis that it's really motivates people to set up the software further, and, yep. and we've seen in our data that people who who set up the software in a in a better way are also way more likely to be successful in the long run. Uh, so we really like to motivate that. It's a sort of interactive setup guide where uh, it, you click on the thing, you do it. There's always an, an article and a video. And as you do it, it automatically scratches itself off and goes to the next thing. Uh, so it's yeah. very efficient to set it up completely. That's a really cool concept. I like that. I might just give that a try then. So I really appreciate uh, having you on the show. It's been great, great to learn about the CRMs and learn that, uh, that the magical Star Trek type CRMs that I've always dreamed would exist actually do exist. And apparently it's called <laughs> Salesflare. So I will definitely have to give that a try. Um, so great that we had you on here and uh, I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for inviting me. When Irun's assistant reached out to me to book this interview, I was very interested to talk to him and learn about the business. And I've been really impressed because uh, since I did this interview, I signed up for the trial of Salesflare. I've been really impressed with it. I'm going to be signing up. I'm an affiliate, so you can sign up through me. There's a link in the comments below if you'd like to both get an amazing CRM and support this podcast. Use that link because what's great about it is there's no friction in how it works. In many online applications, there's this pause every time you do something, you got to wait a minute, it's got to load, it's got to do a little spinning circle thing. And that, for me, that really messes up my concentration. It breaks my flow. With SalesFlare, it's just click, boom, click, boom. It's all, I don't know if it's Java or I, I don't know the computery stuff, but it's super buttery smooth is how I describe it. Whatever you're trying to do, it's right there. It integrates directly into Gmail. So you get an email from a prospect and boom, the update is right there. Uh, and amusingly enough, one of the first prospects I put into SalesFlare was... Salesflare to get them on board as a sponsor. I'm very excited we were able to do that and that they, they were interested in supporting us like this. But it was it's just so great to see that kind of software. And you can always tell the difference between software made by the kind of people who are the intended audience and software that's just made by engineers with some sort of specs. I've used all kinds of CRMs that were clunky and because I've done some programming. So I can see, okay, I can see how a programmer thought this made sense. I can see the underlying SQL and the underlying database shining through in the way this thing works. But with Salesflare, uh, it's clear that this was made by salespeople who understand time is money. If it takes you an extra 30 seconds per prospect to update your notes, well, you could be losing 15 dials a day. And that can be the difference between success and failure in your business. So it's, uh, I definitely recommend you check it out. And it's got a really cool uh, trial where the more things you do, the more time you get. I think it maxes out at like 21 or 28 days. But it, it really, it walks you right through it. There's no friction in that process either. You just do it. It says, do this. You're like, okay, cool. All right, now do this. All right, sure, yeah. What's next? Okay, now do this. Oh, okay, and suddenly you're using it. It's, it's so easy to integrate because uh, it works directly with your email system. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, it's it's great. Now, apparently that there are some other systems that also have that kind of smoothness to them, but I don't know what they are. I know what Salesflare is. Um, so Salesflare is not the only system that does this, but I've found this to be much better than the CRMs that I have actually used. Speaking of things you should definitely check out, Conference 21. You're hearing me talk about it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Conference21.com, conference21.com, conference21.com is because it's going to be a fantastic event and I don't want you to miss out. Uh, we already have people asking us about uh, what the next one's going to be. I'm sorry to make plans for what the follow-on events are going to be. We've got sponsors signing up. We have 
I believe, over 32 speakers. It's always a little bit dynamic because you have new, uh, people at the last minute signing up to be speakers. Then you'll have someone who's like, oh, something came up, but I need to, I need to disappear. So, But it's going to be 30-plus. Uh, I've got the schedule set up preliminarily. Can't release it yet because I need to get feedback from everyone. But we have a tentative schedule out. This is going to be an amazing event. What's really cool is uh, the platform we're doing it on, Slingshow, gives us the ability to not only uh, stream the video for the speakers, but also to have interactive networking that's self-directed. So uh, you've probably done some kind of Zoom-based uh, virtual speed networking, which is cool. You get to talk to people, but it, it's difficult to exchange contact information through the chat platform, and there's some other challenges. Zoom is just not built for that. Slingshow is, so you can actually opt into and out of little tables. So instead of someone having to assign you, you can just pop into the table, talk to some people. Their information's right there on a little tag under their face, so you don't have to be like, oh yeah, put your info in the chat. It's right there. Your business card is Pretty much, it's like wearing a name tag. Uh, it's, it's really cool. So there's a lot of good features that. And we're going to be doing that on three times in advance of the conference. I was going to offer a special bonus that I was going to take away if you didn't sign up early enough. But I decided rather than take anything away, it's going to be time-based. So there's three networking events. One on January 6th, one on January 29th, one on February 19th. If you get your tickets before January 6th, you can attend the January 6th event. If you don't, well, if you can go back in time, you're certainly welcome to. But you probably can't go back in time. So uh, if, if, if you want to go to all three networking events, then you need to get your tickets before January 6th. I know people like to wait till the last minute. And so a lot of people are going to be like, oh, let's get my tickets on February 15th or February 17th, which is fine. You can do that, but you'll miss out on the two networking events that are included. Keep in mind, at $21, a lot of networking events cost between $5 and $20. For $21, you get Conference 21 and the bonus networking events. So that seems like a pretty good incentive to make sure to get your tickets before January 6th so you can join us on the Slingshow-based networking event, which I think is going to work really, really great. I've tested out the system. Obviously, I haven't tested it with a large group yet, um, but I think it's going to be it's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal event that you're not going to want to miss out on. It's going to be a great opportunity. Well, I thank you for listening. It's been a great interview. I'm so excited. I'm really glad that... Uh, that Yarun's team reached out to me to be on the podcast. It was really great to learn about uh, Salesflare, and it's really great to use Salesflare, I gotta say. So, uh, keep listening. We're gonna uh, keep, for the next few weeks, interviewing different speakers from Conference 21, give you kind of a taste of the great, great people we have on the, on the, on the agenda, and I think you'll really enjoy it. That's all I got. Let me bring you some credits. This is the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with Michael Whitehouse. Segment introductions by Rowan Whitehouse. Our theme song is composed by Patrick Howard of Four Unicorns Design. Other music was Bits and Bites by Klaus Appel and Summer Ambient Piano by Raphael Crook of filmmusic.io. Find us on the web at www.guywhoknowsaguy.com. Questions can be submitted in written form or as an audio file to michael at guywhoknowsaguy.com. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. You can also follow The Guy Who Knows a Guy on Facebook at facebook.com slash the guy who knows a guy. If you know someone who may enjoy this episode or the podcast as a whole, we welcome you to share our links with them. Thanks. I'll see you next week. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect. JV-Connect. 
jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.